This is the VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. Here is Adam Burke. All right, welcome in, everybody. Fresh episode of VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets for you today. I'm Ben Wilson, in for Adam Burke. Adam's actually out the rest of the week, but we've got you covered. Luckily, we have a bunch of people who also love baseball and betting on baseball every day here at the network. So I'll be with you today. Jeff Parles has you covered Thursday and Friday. Also, welcome to those of you listening to us in your morning daily bets feed. Josh Applebaum, congrats to him. Just got married over the weekend on his honeymoon right now. Josh will be back next week, so you'll hear the VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets program in this feed as well the morning uh, daily bets on vsin here in your podcast feed wherever you subscribe want to dive right in though have a couple of best bets for today wednesday august the second now that we've had uh, the whole wave of trade deadline activity pass now we move on to the home stretch of this 2023 major league baseball season by the way adam did record a podcast yesterday if you missed it that was a special trade deadline episode so that's certainly an episode that's a little bit more evergreen than our normally daily baseball bet shows so check that out if you want all of Adam's winners, losers. There's a fresh article as well up at vcin.com that Adam wrote. Did an outstanding job breaking down all the big moves and the impacts that they had on this trade deadline. I will skip over Phillies Marlins as well as Ace Dodgers. Those are the two best bets I have for the day. We'll get to those in a little bit. And, and because of this uh, format today where there's a lot of day baseball, we're recording at uh, just afternoon Eastern time. So we'll start with the night slate, which really begins 640 Eastern time with Phillies and Marlins. And we'll go from there. So we'll handicap here the nine games on your night slate. Hopefully we can identify, isolate some value for you on the betting card. And so let's get right into it with the biggest pitching matchup of the night in the Bronx Yankee stadium, Rays, Yankees, and Spoiler alert, one of the losers from the trade deadline, the New York Yankees, according to Adam Burke, and I think according to everybody in the market where the Yankees just sort of stood pat and didn't really do anything. It's a team that's three and a half back at that final wild card spot. If you've been listening to the network at VEASAN, it, it's been something we've talked about a bunch over the past month where opportunities to fade the Yankees as far as season long futures to miss the playoffs were really, really beneficial as far as the numbers were concerned. That is not the case anymore. You could have found even in the last few weeks, plus money to miss the playoffs, even short minus money prices delayed. Now it's yes, plus 320 on the Yankees to make the playoffs. And you have to think this is a team going nowhere fast, even with the return of star slugger Aaron Judge off the IL. Rays, in the meantime, have not been playing great baseball over the past month, a game and a half back in the AL East to Baltimore, but still in firm control of that top wild card spot. Rays at one point were favored to lead all of baseball in wins. That is no longer the case. Atlanta heavy favorites uh, to do so. And the Rays have gotten back into good form, winning the first two of this three-game set, 5-1 and 5-2. Uh, a, a really exciting stretch in general for the Rays because they have an off day, Thursday, get a series at Detroit over the weekend, and we'll see Aaron Savali make his debut on Saturday, recently traded from the Guardians. As far as the actual matchup in the line, we're seeing a, a pretty good two-way move as far as the side here. Garrett Cole, a minus-120 consensus favorite in the market. Shane McClanahan goes for the Rays, and if anything, it's not a surprise to see this, this thing get bet to the under. Opened eight overnight, now seeing market-wide seven and a halves, and those are juiced under would not be surprised to see some books touch seven before we get to that 705 first pitch. McClanahan 11 and 1, three flat ERA. Cole 9 and 2 with a 264 ERA. Uh, two of your three favorites as far as the Cy Young race in the AL. Cole the favorite at plus 110. McClanahan plus 450. No, no interest for me in betting this game, especially with the Yankees. I'm not sure how we how how this team looks, especially first couple of games out of the break where. 
not much influx, not much to get excited about from a lack of trade deadline activity on the Yankee side. And the Rays have just been too inconsistent bat bat wise for me to want to back them, especially with two really good pitching matchups would not hate anybody who wants to jump at that under, but the issue is you've already missed the best of it since there were eights available on the overnight market would not recommend playing that. Although under would be the one play I would look sticking in the AL East at the same time, seven Oh seven Eastern tonight, Orioles stay North of the border in Toronto, Grayson Rodriguez, two and two six twenty one ERA against you Kikuchi of Toronto, eight and three with a three seventy nine ERA. So clearly Kikuchi and the blue Jays with the pitching matchup based on the numbers, but because of how hot the Orioles have been, it doesn't seem like, there's any situation that the Orioles cannot win in. And as a result, Kikuchi and the Blue Jays only a dollar twenty-five consensus favorite tonight. Eight and a half is your total. That's gotten a little bit of play, interestingly enough, to the under from an overnight opener of nine. And so with Toronto at least getting an influx, it seems like it's been all St. Louis Cardinals coming into Toronto at the deadline. Paul DeYoung. Jordan Hicks, Hennessy Cabrera, the latter two of those in the bullpen who each made their debuts yesterday. But Baltimore, no matter the circumstances, keeps on winning. They win 4-2 and 13-3. First two games of a four-game set. We'll get Jack Flaherty. Speaking of former St. Louis Cardinals, Flaherty makes his Oriole debut scheduled for Thursday in the series finale. O's with that game-and-a-half lead in the AL East. Toronto, a game-and-a-half lead for the third wildcard position. So have to like each team's chances at the moment, especially as it relates to just getting into the postseason. Obviously Baltimore, but especially Toronto with how those numbers have been heavily juiced to the yes as far as them making it. Uh, even though it is a good matchup for Kikuchi, I understand people wanting to bet the bounce back spot for Toronto after losing the first two of the set. I'm just not comfortable fading this Baltimore team in any situation. I faded them last week more in a situational spot where they were coming off that three-game and four-series win at the Trop in Tampa, didn't have their top two relievers available, and they still were able to come back and beat uh, Philadelphia late in, in a game that I faded Baltimore in, so no play for me there. We go to an interleague matchup next, 7.45 Eastern as Minnesota takes on St. Louis. The Cardinals essentially officially waving the white flag 11 games back, by the way, in the wild card, trading off a bunch of pieces at the trade deadline. Uh, and and I would say good for them, understanding that there's the season is lost. There's been a lot of folks, especially in the baseball betting community, who kind of felt like, all right, if St. Louis could just get some things turned around on the pitching side, they could maybe make a run. I, at least St. Louis understood this season was not going anywhere, and, and they made the correct decision, in my opinion, to sell off their parts and reload for next year. While at the same time, keeping a really prized asset in third baseman Nolan Arenado. In the meantime, the Twins, two-game lead in the AL Central, but this is as untrustworthy of a division leader as we have in major league baseball right now swept over the weekend at Kansas city did win three, two yesterday in the first of a three game set and send Joe Ryan to the mound nine and seven, four Oh six ERA. Now Minnesota definitely at least given current form, the pitching edge because Dakota Hudson has been limited due to injury this year. This is only his second start of the season for St. Louis has been more used in a bullpen role, six relief outings, one start coming back from injury Hudson, with a 4.19 ERA and very limited work, not not missing many bats, only around six Ks per nine and over three walks per nine so far. It's a big reason why we're seeing some market movement toward Minnesota tonight. Open minus 130 up to a dollar 40 consensus for the Minnesota Twins. Also, some movement to the over from eight and a half up to nine with those nines juiced to the under. But while I would not. I haven't seen enough as far as a sample size from Dakota Hudson to want to trust him for St. Louis and a Cardinal team that has been in sell-off mode in general. No way am I still prepared to back Minnesota as a road favorite 
especially with Joe Ryan having a very up and down season. The numbers I just laid out, uh, certainly an indication of that. As we continue, let's go to a couple of games starting in that early 8th Eastern window. The White Sox go to Texas. It's the White Sox and Rangers. And Dane Dunning for Texas, pretty sizable. Favorite up to $1.45, getting some market movement up about $0.05 on the overnight opener. 8.5 is your total. Not a ton of movement either, although it was an opener with 8.5s juiced under. Now we're seeing those 8.5s just about everywhere in the market juiced to the over where Dylan Cease goes for the White Sox. Four and four, four fifteen ERA. White Sox big sellers at the deadline. Twenty two games under five hundred. While the Rangers a half game lead over Houston, plus one thirty to win the AL West, and those odds shifted again as the the Houston Astros had that big landing blow, landing Justin Verlander from the New York Mets just a couple days after another New York Met pitcher came to Texas in Max Scherzer. So interesting to see how that uh, back and forth continues to play out. Rangers. Won the first of a three games at 2-0 yesterday. Dunning goes, but it's not somebody I'm, I've ever been enamored with. 8-4, 320 ADRA. So the numbers on the surface look pretty good for Dane Dunning, but it's a guy with a 475 expected fielding independent pitching. 487 expected ERA, largely because he doesn't miss many bats, barely over 5.5 strikeouts per nine, tends to give up a lot of hard contact. His career hard hit rates are around 40% and are only marginally lower this year. Uh, and his previous career best for a full season ERA, 446. I just, I'm not a believer in, in this longevity being sustainable for Dane Dunning, similar to how I'm not a, a huge believer in what Texas has thrown out there for a long-term perspective to sustain atop the AL West, especially as we get into October and the Rangers find themselves in the postseason. So it's a stay away for me tonight. I'll be, I'll be curious to see how the White Sox uh, play in that spoiler role now that they have waved the white flag and are out of it. Obviously, goes without saying. Super disappointing season for the Chicago White Sox. Speaking of Chicago, another game in the 8 Eastern window at 8.05. Expecting some wind blowing out tonight. One of those hot summer nights at Wrigley. And we are seeing the betting board light up with movement to the over between the Reds and the Cubs. Great. NL Central matchup, Brandon Williamson, 3-2 and two with a 448 ERA. Uh, it's not a pitcher, though, that really projects well for a, a hot, windy night in Wrigley Field with the wind blowing up. Over three and a half walks per nine for Brandon Williamson and does not strike out a whole lot of guys under seven strikeouts per nine. Drew Smiley hasn't been a ton better in his own right, 8-7 and seven with a 450 ERA. So you combined hot summer conditions and a couple of pedestrian pitchers, and this is... It's an easy path to see why the total went from nine and a half on the overnight opener all the way now to 10 and a half flat at the moment. Uh, no juices on either way on that 10 and a half, but would not be surprised if uh, that's where the market settles with some 10 and a half and over juice again with missing the, the opening number by about a run, not one I would chase at this point. I wouldn't blame anybody for looking to play an over, especially after last night where the two teams combined not for only 29 runs. Cubs win 20 to nine after the Reds took game one, six, five. That, that is a four game series at Wrigley and a lot to be excited about though, for the Cubs now four back of the Reds who lead the NL central by a half game over Milwaukee Cubs, just two and a half back of the Brewers uh, for that final wildcard spot, Milwaukee in the third and final wildcard spot. As we enter play on this Wednesday, August the second, and you look at where the Cubs have been at, have won eight of 10 swept their Intra Chicago rival, the White Sox. And then speaking of rivals, back-to-back -back series wins over St. Louis. I like that the Cubs stood pat at the deadline, did not elect to sell off. They did add uh, Jimer Candelario from Washington, just made his debut last night, uh, but did not move Cody Bellinger, did not move Marcus Stroman. 
even though Stroman has had some struggles over the past month, I do like how the Cubs decided, look, this is a week NL Central. There's no reason for us to sell off if we feel like we can at least be competitive. At the same time, they haven't you know, haven't felt like they needed to make a ton of big assets. And so in a division that is by and large stood pat, I agree with what Chicago has done from a front office perspective. Uh, it's an interesting trivia to note that the Cubs are actually the third best team in run differential in the NL behind only Atlanta and the LA Dodgers. Uh, this leads us into an 8-10 Eastern first pitch. Mets, Royals, man, to think this was a World Series matchup eight years ago and how everything is just falling apart. Mets 50 and 56 selling off uh, their top two starting pitchers in Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander over the last few days. Very wild comments that were that were posted this morning on ESPN from Max Scherzer talking about how the Mets told him that 2024 was expected to be a transition year. That is, I think, the big headline that will catch a lot of people uh, off guard a little bit while the Royals 33 and 75, very quietly, Kansas city, only three games better this year than Oakland, who everybody just views as the worst team in baseball history. Essentially uh, Royals took the opener last night, seven, six, first of a three game set uh, Mets right now in the market and just pulling up where, uh, where some of the early movement has gone here. Uh, New York in this spot do run Kodai Senga out on the mound, who has been much better at home at city field than he's been on the road. 407 ERA on the road while he has a general seven and five record, 317 ERA this year. And as a result of that, Senga opened about a $2 favorite good amount of market movement to the Kansas city Royals who are now down to a plus 145 consensus underdogs. I'm seeing market wide about minus 165 to 170 on the New York Mets. There was a pitching change as well, which is part of the reason for that move as Cole Reagans is getting the call up from AAA Omaha. He is the lefty who goes for Kansas City. Just a second game for the Royals. He was part of that Araldis Chapman trade about a month ago coming over from Texas where he'd previously been a reliever at the big league level. So not a major league debut by any means, but limited numbers this year for Cole Reagans and just in general at the big league level. Uh, the total was nine and a half at open. Have seen that actually come down a little bit, bet about a half run down to nine. And those nines are mostly juiced to the under. Uh, that leads us into one final game before we take our break and give out some best bets for tonight. Arizona and San Francisco. That's a 945 Eastern first pitch. Actually, a, a game I was prepared to make a play in. Was interested in backing Logan Webb in a bounce back spot from a strikeout prop perspective. He's at four and a half, but juiced heavily to the over at minus 165. Webb, his last start bounce back was disastrous a couple weekends ago in Washington did not get out of the second inning in that game, seven and a third innings pitch three earned, but only struck out four over the weekend. And it's interesting to note how he, he really has switched Webb this year to more of a changeup usage for his secondary pitch behind the fastball. Last year was a lot of fastball slider this year, much more fastball change. And I, I just wonder now that we've gotten into the meat of the year where teams have started to make minor adjustments on that and are at least putting more bats on the ball. As much as I'm still really high on Webb in general, 8-9 with a 3.49 ERA and peripherals that would and advanced numbers that would suggest he should be even better than that 2.96 on the expected fielding independent pitching. Arizona though tonight, who Webb gets at home, 28th uh, as far as fewest strikeouts on a percentage basis, so third best in all of baseball. That's both overall and against uh, right-handed uh, right-handed pitchers this season. So. You look at Arizona and and what they do. It's it's going to be interesting to see how how Webb's stuff manages when he's only thrown, I believe, it's two combined strikeouts. Uh, excuse me, two strikeouts the previous start. So it's I want to say five or six combined strikeouts over the past 
two starts for Logan Webb. And that's why I didn't want to lay a huge juice, especially at minus 165 on that four and a half strikeout, uh, even though I was tempted to make that play. Arizona with a few additions. Jace Peterson from Oakland. Paul Sewald, the closer from Seattle. And Peter Strezlecki is kind of an underrated signing from Milwaukee, who got off to a great start this season, then lost a little bit of his command and feel. I, I, as much as I'm down on Arizona from their ability to make the postseason, Arizona right now, a game behind Milwaukee for that third wild card spot in the NL. Certainly believe like Peter Strez, likely if he's able to get the the command back, that's a really effective add to the bullpen, even though everybody wants to say Paul Seawald was the main addition there for Arizona. Uh, meanwhile, it's a third game of a four-game set here. D-backs won the opener 4-3. Giants took game two 4-3. Been a tight series so far. Giants with a one-game lead for that top wild card spot in the NL. Two and a half back of L.A., in the NL West race, currently plus 550 to win the NL West. Uh, as far as the actual line here, uh, seeing a bit of movement actually to Arizona. It opened Webb and the Giants minus 190 down to about minus 180 consensus. No movement at all in the total that has stayed eight. Either eight flat. A couple of books have this eight juiced to the over, but only slightly at minus 115. That's partly, I think, a lot of the uncertainty, and it's why it's not a bet for me either, is that Slade Caccioni... That's a total guess, by the way, in the pronunciation. I, I pride myself on the pronunciation, but we'll see if that's how you say his name. It's his major league debut, 4 and 8, 638 ERA at AAA. But as Adam Burke has talked about in the past on this pod, it's always, always hard to take those numbers at full face value when you pitch in the Pacific Coast League that is just a home run hitter's haven. A guy who profiles as a classic power pitcher, 97 on the fastball, has a plus slider. Fascinated to see how his debut goes in a huge spot as Arizona is fighting for their postseason lives, have been scuffling over the past month. Ciccioni goes for the D-backs against Logan Webb and the Arizona Diamondbacks. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, two best bets for you on the Wednesday, August 2nd, Major League Baseball card as we roll on right here on VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back on VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. Time for our two best bets. We skipped over the first of the nine night games on the card tonight. 
Phillies, Marlins set to go 640 Eastern tonight. And looking at the market here, interesting to see about a 5, 10 cent move toward the home Miami Marlins with Braxton Garrett going for the fish. And that's partly because of the additions Miami made at the deadline, even though they were small, it kind of got lost in the wash. Added a couple hitters in Jake Berger from the White Sox, Josh Bell from the Guardians, each set to make their debuts today, hoping to give a boost to a team that's been bottom 12 in the league and overall WRC plus for the majority of the season. Of course, not all deadline moves are created equal. They don't all have immediate impacts. Just no look, no look no further than what happened to closer David Robertson last night for Miami. Blows a save in his team debut after being acquired from the Mets as the Phillies have taken the first two of a four-game set, 4-2 and 3-1. Phillies are in a very advantageous scheduling setup right now because after this series, they their next two series are at home against Kansas City and Washington. A Phillies set to start Michael Lorenzen. He's the projected starter for Thursday's finale, but they'll go with their ace, Zach Wheeler, tonight, who has been really, really good. Last four starts, 26 and two-thirds innings pitched, eight earned runs combined, but what's more is the command that jumps out to me. Two walks, 33 strikeouts in that span with four quality starts. And the numbers suggest he still has the ability to, to have the numbers whittled down even further. 374 ERA, but a 317 expected ERA. A couple days ago, Adam explained how the expected ERA metric is, is formulated from the advanced stats. And it's one of those things where with Wheeler's uh, excellent command and good strikeout rate, lack of walks, it's somebody who... You can see why the expected ERA would be about a half run lower than his current ERA of 374. He's been good, too, against Miami this year. Two starts, 12 innings, four earned, three walks, and 13 strikeouts. So Philadelphia in a spot where they're playing really good baseball right now. Half game lead in the second wild card spot, while Miami is a game back, one of a few teams, a game back in Milwaukee for that third wild card spot. The big reason, though, why this is the best bet and why I'm fading Miami tonight playing Philadelphia minus 120 widely available at multiple shops is because of the starting pitcher for the fish in Braxton Garrett. He, he got off to a really nice start this year, but this is a young pitcher who last season set a new career high at the major league level with 88 innings pitched. He's now well over a hundred this year, and we're starting to see some signs of fatigue, even though his last start was good. Six innings gave up one unearned run against Detroit. I more look at that as an anomaly since the Tigers are 28th in the league in WRC+. Braxton Garrett, his previous four starts before that outing against Detroit, 18 innings pitched, 16 earned runs, and five homers allowed. It's not a good trend and good form for a guy who fits the bill of pitchers who, even if I am a fan of, and I certainly like what Garrett has been able to do as a youngster in the league, when you get to this point, we're into August, guy who has rarely thrown 100 innings in his career across all minor league levels and has never done it at the major league level until now. Clearly looks like there is some fatigue setting in. And in a divisional matchup against a red-hot Philadelphia team, who is now minus 400, by the way, to make the playoffs, I, I like Philadelphia on the overall, uh, the overall game outlook on the money line, especially when you have a pitcher in Zach Wheeler who has been so good in a pitcher-friendly park tonight in Miami. Best bet number two. We'll go to the nightcap. It's the A's and the Dodgers, 10-10 Eastern time tonight. Dodgers, a two-and-a-half game lead now in the NL West after they beat the A's last night. First of a three-game set, 7-3. And all signs point to another Dodger win, even though the books, uh, it was, I would argue, a little bit aggressive. Minus 305 was the consensus opener on the Dodgers. That has actually been bet down a little bit. It's minus 265 to 270, depending on where you shop. But in that consensus range of around minus 270. Total has come down a little bit, actually, from 9.5 
uh, down to nine. It, some of the nine and a halves, all of the nine and a halves actually are juiced under while all the nines are juiced to the over. And I'm looking at a first five angle here. Big reason why the, the number has come down a little bit on that money line from the Dodgers is because Tony Gonsolin, who has been a regression candidate for multiple years. Well, it's finally happening, folks. Five and four, 425 on the ERA, but 508 on the expected fielding independent pitching. And it seems like Gonsolin's luck has finally run out. His previous three full major league seasons, sub 325 ERA, even though in all three of those years, he had an expected fielding independent pitching, at least a run higher in that span. And it's always a guy who's fascinated me. I don't know how he gets so fortunate as far as the batted ball luck, uh, the, you know, the very, very low batting average on ball and play that has become a staple of his career. But it seems like that is starting to catch up with him. Last two starts now for Gonsolin, 10 innings, nine earned on nine hits with six walks and 11 Ks in that span. So uh, clearly with a, a guy with a lack of command, who's at over three and a half walks per nine, you can only last so long without giving up runs and bunches. And so even though it's a weak A's lineup, worst team in baseball, I'm not, I'm certainly not in a position to want to lay a run line. By the way, the run line price, if you wanted to do that on the Dodgers, is about minus 130. So it's still not a situation I'd be interested in whatsoever for Tony Gonsolin. And because of that, because of the other pitcher, Hogan Harris, lefty, who is 2-5 and five of the 607 ERA, and because the Dodgers are second in isolated power against lefties this year, ninth in WRC+. Plus, I will happily look to a first five over, which you can find right now five on the first five over. Uh, that is a little bit of juice to the over you have to pay, but minus 120 is available at multiple shops. Uh, so uh, a bet I will happily make here. First five over five, continuing to fade Tony Gonsolin as that regression finally starts to come. And Hogan Harris is about as bad as you will get on the other side, a lefty who the Dodgers have tended to mash and especially at home at Dodger Stadium tonight, profiles to be a good spot. So A's Dodgers, first five over five, minus 120. Phillies, minus 120. Make sure you list Zach Wheeler as your pitcher in that matchup tonight, taking Wheeler and my and Philadelphia over Miami and starter Braxton Garrett as our two best bets. Again, for a little housekeeping, Adam Burke out the rest of the week, but daily baseball bets will still be here. We'll have episodes for you Thursday and Friday. And for those of you listening to this in the VEASAN Morning Daily Bets feed with Josh Applebaum. He'll be back next week as he continues on his uh, his honeymoon. So we'll have plenty more coverage still to come here on the feeds, both in Daily Baseball Bets, Morning Daily Bets as well throughout the rest of the week here on VEASAN. As I'm Ben Wilson saying so long, we'll have you covered again Thursday and Friday with Jeff Parles in for Adam. Uh, but best of luck on all of your bets. Enjoy the first week of August now that we are through the trade deadline season as we wrap things up. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.